There's a spirit at Bryan Health, a passion that says we can make it better, stronger, to raise our kids, to build our future, to move forward together. It's time for Bryan Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. According to the National Institutes of Health in the United States, one in four women dies from heart disease. In fact, coronary heart disease, the most common type of heart disease, is the number one killer of both men and women in the United States. Are you at risk? My guest today is Dr. Ryan Shellstad. He's a cardiothoracic surgeon at Bryan Heart. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shellstad. So first, we're, we're talking specifically today about women. How does heart disease affect women differently than men? That's a great question. The population as a whole is, certainly shares risk factors for heart disease, but the, the ways that those present is different. And, uh, and in women, it is different, mostly because of hormones. The men are traditionally thought of as at risk for heart disease, and that, that is true. But women have hormones, obviously, and uh, those are somewhat protective for heart disease. But as we know, as women age, their hormones balances change, and those risk factors can start to equalize with men as they get older in age. Back in the day, Dr. Shellstad, studies about heart disease and heart attack risk factors were done mostly on men. Do you see that these are starting, the tide is turning, and you're starting to see more about women and what we're at risk for? We are. Even though heart disease remains the, the number one killer of men and women, people are still living longer. So we're starting to see these changes in uh, who gets heart disease and when uh, bear out. So let's talk about risk factors. First, the risk factors that we cannot control as women. What age group, what, what kinds of ethnicities, who's most at risk? Certainly. Well, the things we can not control are our age, our gender, our race, our family history, and our genes. You know, heart disease is something that develops over time and Anytime we get on in age, beyond the age of 50 or 55, we start to see those those risk factors. So how about 50, 55 years old is when we start to increase our risk factors. What ethnicities are more at risk than others? Statistically, we see the most heart disease in, in, in Caucasians by numbers, but minority populations have not as prevalent, but their outcomes are not as good when it comes to heart disease. Not that they are, uh, it's more common in other races, uh, but when you look at health outcomes and, and, and death from heart disease, it's a higher percentage in, in some minorities. And what role does menopause and family history play? Right. Family history is unfortunately something we cannot control and probably the biggest risk factor when it comes to heart disease. And that just has to do with how we metabolize our lipids and, and how we, we process them and how it leads to atherosclerosis in the blood vessels. As far as menopause goes, estrogen is protective for heart disease in that uh, it increases our high-density lipids of our, of our cholesterol, which is thought to be protective, and it decreases uh, low-density lipids, which are associated with heart disease. So after menopause, estrogen levels go down and those protective effects then go away. So let's talk about some risk factors that we can control. List some of them out for us, Dr. Shellstead, and speak about the importance of things such as cholesterol, blood pressure, smoking, obesity, diabetes, any of these things as they relate to women and heart disease. Yes, so 
things we can control include our weight. It's probably the easiest, although easier said than done. Obesity is, has associated with it differences in that lipid profile and as well as elevations in blood pressure and the presence of diabetes. Another thing we can control is exercise. That's related to weight, but simply exercising of 30 minutes a day a few times a week has a profound protective effect when it, when it comes to uh, rates of heart attack and death from heart disease. Another one which is very easy to control is smoking. Well, easier again, easier said than done, but smoking is a, is a very uh, strong risk factor for heart disease, and quitting smoking is, um, uh, has a profound effect on, on that risk profile. Now, diabetes is another one. We can't always control whether or not we have diabetes, but we can control how well it's managed. And so keeping blood sugars under control is very important for preventing heart disease. In fact, about 80% of people with diabetes end up having heart disease and dying from some complication from heart disease. Another risk factor is blood pressure. And like I mentioned, some people have blood pressure that is high, but being obese or smoking or not exercising uh, contributes to that high blood pressure. And lastly is cholesterol. Again, I mentioned uh, earlier in the segment that family history has uh, dictates our genes and how we process lipids, but uh, outside of that, we do have the ability to control our cholesterol. Again, exercise is important in maintaining that balance, but also there are medicines that we now have for, for patients who we know are uh, prone to higher cholesterol to lower it. Dr. Shellstead, what role does stress play, especially for women, as we're the caregivers of society and sometimes we're taking care of everybody else besides ourselves? And sometimes even stress can mimic symptoms of a heart attack or heart disease. Speak about stress and reducing it so that we can reduce our risk for heart disease. That's a very important point. That is true to a, a strong degree in almost every household that I can think of. So stress, is it's harder to quantify stress as, as it is the risk factors that I mentioned earlier, but we know that uh, stress and, and how people manage stress or, or don't manage stress is, is a risk factor for having a heart attack uh, as well as an event. So it's not so much that stress is a risk factor for having atherosclerosis or, or heart disease by itself, but it is a risk factor for uh, having a complication from heart disease. And what about nutrition? Because we hear so much, and you've spoken about diabetes and obesity and even blood pressure, but nutrition plays such a large role, and we're learning more and more about the role of what we eat as it contributes to many disease states. What do you tell your patients about an unhealthy diet as it contributes to heart disease? Diet recommendations are ever-changing, and there's always new popular approaches to diet. Uh, I think all of them have some merit. We, we know that uh, having a diet that's high in, in processed foods or high in fats and simple sugars that are processed are, all contribute to diabetes and heart disease. So the recommendations are diverse, but I think that a simple rule is to eat a balanced diet, eat a lot of whole grains, vegetables, fruits, and lean meats because we need all, all of the different food groups, but the less of the, of the bad foods and the more balanced diet we result in the best risk modification. And one more thing we're learning about Dr. Shellstad is sleep. 
sleep apnea, its contribution to things like obesity and diabetes. What do you tell women about that good quality night's sleep and their risk of sleep apnea? Yeah, obesity is the largest risk factor for sleep apnea. As patients are become obese, the pressure in their abdomens increases and it pushes up on the airway mechanism and causes us to obstruct that airway when we sleep. Uh, when we do that, we actually stop breathing, uh, and that can cause changes in heart rhythm, and it also causes uh, the night of sleep to be not restful because you're waking up several times in the night. Even if you don't awaken, you, uh, you stop sleeping and you're not in as deep a sleep, so it's not a restful sleep. Would a woman know if she has heart disease? Are there some symptoms or signs, not necessarily of a heart attack, but heart disease, would we check for it at our, at our annual physicals? How would we know? So that's the one thing about heart disease that is, um, we call it the silent killer because there are oftentimes not many symptoms in its early phases. Uh, you know, it starts as a, as a simple plaque or narrowing of a, of a blood vessel in the coronary arteries that supply the blood to the heart. Uh, and until that narrowing becomes critical, we oftentimes don't have a lot of symptoms. That's why we talk about risk factors uh, so much in terms of education and awareness so, so that people know what the risk factors are and they can pay attention to the small symptoms such as a little less exercise tolerance, some chest discomfort or palpitations with activity. But those are, those are not very specific to heart disease, but they're the kinds of things that someone may have sign that they have heart disease. And in our blood tests, sometimes they take the C-reactive protein. Is this an indicator or a marker of an inflammatory situation that could signal heart disease to you doctors? It does. Now, a lot of things can cause that to be elevated, but we find that patients who have it elevated are at higher risk for an event related to heart disease. It's similar to stress. For the same reasons, it can unmask underlying heart disease but it is a, a marker for general inflammation. And we find that patients with, with inflamed vessels with uh, narrowings in them are at higher risk of ha- having an acute blockage of that. So wrap it up for us, Dr. Shelstead, with your best advice for women listening and for their partners that love them, what you want us to know about heart disease, our risk, our controllable factors, and even possibly prevention. Certainly. So the risk factors that we mentioned are all um, intertwined, and they have other benefits as well. Uh, you know, if you're if you're eating sensibly, watching your weight, exercising, not smoking, managing your diabetes and your blood pressure, and you're keeping your cholesterol at the appropriate levels, not only does it decrease your risk of having heart disease or a complication of heart disease, but there are lots of other benefits as well. State of mind, the positive effects of exercise, getting a better night's sleep. All of those things come into overall being having a better well-being in addition to decreasing your risk of having heart disease or a heart attack. If you're concerned about your heart health, take our free quick and confidential heart aware online screening at brianhealth.org/heartaware. That's brianhealth.org/heartaware. Thank you so much Dr. Shellstad for joining us today and thank you to the women of Alpha Phi for funding this special heart healthy podcast. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.